funny. I was gone for two weeks, and it seems like we've grown. There's a lot of new faces that I haven't seen before. I missed a lot in two weeks. Praise be to God. Something, this is marvelous. Well, before we begin, uh, I just want to start off us off with a word of prayer. So if you would pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, the day that you have made. Lord, we are grateful, Lord, that as we enter into your holy week, Lord, may we remember your goodness and your mercy, your, the good news that you've brought to us, the redemption that you have brought to us, your creation. Lord, we pray that as um, we hear your word today, the Lord, we ask that your numa, your breath, that you would breathe through me. And Lord, may we just partake of your goodness and your mercy as we hear your story. In Christ's name, amen. So I just want to start off today, and we'll just jump right into it, but I just want to share you, share with you a story. And this story starts out in Matthew chapter 27. So if you have your Bible, please turn to me, with me there, verses 11 through 26. This is the good news from Matthew. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews. You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony that they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. He pleaded the fifth, but this was in court. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked him, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas? Or Jesus who is called the Messiah. For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent to him a message. Don't have anything to do with this innocent man. Perhaps I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. She had a nightmare. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They answered, crucify him, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting. He took water, 
washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. This is the good news of the Lord, or is it actually So how in the world did we get to this point? How did this man who taught people how to love and to care for their neighbor, a man who cast out demons, who healed those who were suffering, and those who had afflictions and diseases and made them well again. How is it that Jesus is standing in front of the governor on trial for his life? Where are the people who just a week ago was inundated with joy and hope at the coming of this very man, Jesus of Nazareth? So right now, I'm going to put it down, flip it, and reverse it. If is yet? Missy Elliot, anybody? No? Well, I'm going to take this back a little bit and reverse it. To Palm Sunday. In Matthew 21, it says, As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, say that the Lord needs them, and I will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a coat, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut down branches and spread them on the road. And the crowds went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. What a stark contrast. Now, this is the start of what we call in Christianity, Holy Week. It starts off with this great story where Jesus enters into the city and the people welcome him as a king. They shout out, Hosanna! Hosanna! As a form of praise, but it literally means save us or save now. And you can find this if you, you won't find it directly in the Bible, but it's in the form of Psalms 118.25, um, where Hosanna is a transliteration of the Hebrew word Hosanna, which means save now, save us now. So it's a type of a prayer. 
So as they're shouting this out, they're saying a praise, praise be to God who's going to save us. Yet the question is, what does Israel need saving from? See, at this stage in Israel's history, Israel is under the regime of the Roman government. Now, the people in that time didn't look back like how we can today and say, oh, this is what a Messiah looks like. They had their own perceived notion of what a Messiah looked like. And they believed that the Messiah would be like a king. And he would be a fighter like Maximus Darius Meridius from the movie Gladiator. What a great name. That's got to be one of the best names ever. Maximus Darius Meridius. Hi, my name is Frank Castle. Hi, my name is Maximus Darius Meridius. Well, Jesus would be like Maximus and defeat Commodus and give the power back to the people. That's what we, they expected Jesus to be like. This is how the people of Israel pictured the Messiah to look like. So this Messiah would come and set the people free from the rule of another government. And they would be an autonomous nation again. This was their mental framework of what a Messiah would look like. They were excited because Jesus would lead a revolution that would send the Romans fleeing. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus will save us and set us free. And we will be great again. Now, all I'm saying is that Israel could relate to the idea of a nation wanting to be great again. And they thought that this Jesus would be the one that does it. I think we as people can relate to the people of Israel who turn to God when they want something so badly. Many times we believe in God, and if you can help me, if this statement resonates with you, say along with me, Hosanna. We believe in God when we're late on a payment and need money. Hosanna. When we ask for a certain job, we can say, Hosanna. When we ask a girl out that we really like and we want her to like us back, Hosanna. No? Help me find a parking space, Hosanna. Get me out of this depression, Hosanna. My job is on the line. Hosanna, save my marriage, clean the mess I just made, Hosanna. And we say, God is faithful, and he'll get us through. That's how people are, and there's nothing wrong with them. But we'll come back to this again later. But after one week, just a week, maybe not even a week, five days. The people have changed their tune. The turning point was when Jesus went into the temple and he just tore the place up. It was like 
Jesus went to the Aloha Stadium and he's like, I can't believe it. Six dollars for a Pepsi? And he grabs the cups and he starts flinging it all over the place. And he grabs the popcorn and he's like, no, I'm not paying that much for this. This is a ripoff. What do you think people would think of Jesus if they saw somebody doing that? Crazy. Or he goes to the movie theater and he's like, $7 for a bag of popcorn? No! Juju fruits and junior mints flying all over the place, lying on the ground. Or when he goes to the airport and he's like, no way, I ain't paying $8 for cheeseburgers. Can you imagine Jesus flying whoppers through the air? Jesus attacked the religious establishment. He attacked the temple. And he attacked them, and he cleansed the table. The Bible, I mean, in your Bible, it says that Jesus cleansed the table, but he actually didn't, he made a mess. But can you imagine that? Jesus went in there and he saw that people were selling these animals for sacrifices at a great amount of price that the poor and the needy couldn't afford. He says, this is unjust. Now the people, as they saw this, must have thought this. This isn't the Messiah we're looking for. Why is he attacking our most treasured establishment? Everyone, everyone wanted Jesus to ride into the city and be the sort of king they wanted him to be. Give us peace now. Pay my bills now. Save my, the life of my sick child now. Give me the job by this time tomorrow. And perhaps the most common prayer of all, help. So it comes to this. We have Jesus, an innocent man, standing on trial for his life in front of Pilate, the religious leaders, and a crowd full of people. And Pilate plays this risky game. To rid himself of the guilt of making the decision himself, Pilate asked the people, you choose, choose between the two people, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, the one you call Messiah. Only one of these Jesuses will be released. Isn't it ironic that both their names are Jesus? Will it be Jesus Barabbas, the thief and the robber. Or Jesus of Nazareth, the one who restores and delivers. Jesus Barabbas, the violent fighter. Or Jesus of Nazareth, the healer and the restorer of life. The rebel leader or the teacher of peace, mercy, and love. Maximus Darius Meridius or someone that looks like Frodo from one of the rings Harmless no one would ever think that Frodo would save the world our hero does not look like Frodo and in a turn of events the crowd religious elite and the common people, these people choose Jesus Barabbas. 
are the people who five days ago shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Now their cheers of Hosanna has become, crucify him, crucify him. What happened to their cries of Hosanna, of save us, help us, rescue us. Now it appears on the surface that Jesus didn't answer the prayer of the people. Yet even in this dreadful situation, Jesus intends to answer their prayer of Hosanna, save us. He has come to seek and save, to help and rescue the lost. However, Jesus will answer the prayer in his own way. That's the funny thing with prayer and God's response to prayer. Once you invite Jesus to help, he will do so more thoroughly than we could imagine and more deeply than perhaps we wanted. What happens when our prayers go un- or appear to go unanswered? What do we do when our prayers don't appear answered in a way that we perceive them to be? When our request doesn't go in that route that we perceive, do we still shout, Hosanna? Or do we change our tune? Many of us face or have faced situations where we feel God has not met our expectations. God, why am I still depressed? Why didn't I get the girl? Why don't I have the money? I got let go from my job. Why did you let all of these things happened to me. I looked to you and you didn't answer me. I think this is something that we are all guilty of. I know that I am guilty of this a lot. And we say because of this, God must not be real. See, the point that Matthew is trying to make is that all are guilty. The chief priests and the elders who have handed Jesus over to the crowd or over to Pilate to be crucified and the crowds who shouted themselves, crucify him, crucify him. The story stresses that all are guilty. Now this isn't to make us feel bad in itself but the point is this with the death of Jesus redemption is offered to all who are guilty and T. Wright puts it this way the people of Israel wanted a Messiah but this one was going to be enthroned on a pagan cross They wanted to be rescued from the evil and oppression, but Jesus was going to rescue them from evil in its fullest depths. Not just on the surface of evil of the Roman occupation and the exploitation of the rich. 
Jesus dies in the place of the sinner. Jesus makes his way through sin and death, inviting Barabbas and all who are like Barabbas to walk out of their despair, their own doing, their own mistakes, their own sin, to freedom. Barabbas represents us all. When Jesus dies, the rebel is set free. The sinner is set free. All are set free. This is what the story of Jesus is about. And the good news is, this is 